Hey guys, it's Melissa Moore. Thanks for joining me for episode 11 of Faith, Hope, Love, where we grow together in our faith, increase in hope, and learn how to better love God and love other people. So this whole series we've been doing has been focused on the life and teachings of Jesus for the last several weeks, and we've been talking about Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to be focusing in on anxiety. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus literally tells his followers, do not and when I read that, I am thinking, is that even possible? And I have to believe that if Jesus says that it's something that we should be doing, it's almost this command. If he says it's something that we should be doing, it must be possible. And so today we're going to be talking about anxiety. I'm going to have a good friend of mine, Marianne Krumeyer, on the show also to kind of share from her life also what anxiety has looked like for her and how she has found ways to overcome it. Now for myself personally, I have experienced anxiety on a real level. It's very uh, personal to me. Um, and we'll talk in future weeks about um, a little bit more of my life. And um, I hope that that's encouraging to you just to kind of show what God has done in my life, the things he's still working on in me. And this is one of those issues, right? That I still have to seek God to overcome anxiety. And so for me, this really kind of reared its head for the first time in a really intense way when I was in college. And so for me, I was at my dream college. I was studying psychology and biblical studies. I was loving every minute of it. And I was so driven. I wanted to get straight A's. I was a teacher's assistant, a research assistant. I was volunteering at different organizations. And man, it became such a stressful time. And I remember I had this moment where I was starting to have these panic attacks and I was, it kind of stopped me in my tracks, you know, anxiety and depression had kind of been a thing that I'd experienced before, but panic attacks was, it was so intense. And I realized something is wrong here. And I, I started doing therapy and I started just really talking with God about the anxiety that I was feeling. And it kind of came to, to me that I had been so focused on this dream and on this goal. And what I felt was this calling that God had given me. I'd been so driven. I mean, I wanted to get my PhD and I wanted to succeed and I wanted to be seen and perceived as successful that I had made that goal my idol. And it was causing me intense anxiety because instead of focusing on God who had given me this goal and this dream and this desire and this gifting and this calling, instead of focusing on God, I was so consumed by it that man, I was experiencing insane amounts of anxiety over it. And I had to learn, yes, this, this is a good thing to be going after, but the degree to which I was putting it as a priority in my life was not healthy. And I found, I find now, even as an adult, <laughs> you know, I was technically an adult then, but this, I, this feels like real adulthood, you know. I find even today, I still have things in my life that I focus my attention on instead of on God. And some of those things are, are good things and, and very normal things to feel concern about, right? Like, is my kid gonna do okay in school with distance and hybrid learning? Is that something that is gonna be okay for him in the long run? Stresses over uh, my kid's behavior or if my house is clean or, you know, the very normal feelings of concern in our lives. You know, this weight of, of living in a world in a pandemic, 
for, you know, it's been a year now of this. Is this ever going to go away? That's something that it causes real concern. But I feel like there's this thing when it shifts from healthy concern and this desire to move forward with a plan to seek goodness and health in those things. And it's a shift from that into worry and this incessant um, preoccupation with those things where we can't focus on anything else but that. That's when it becomes worry and anxiety where it's not healthy. And so I've found looking at God's word, it's when I put my attention from those things onto God and talking with God about, God, these things over here are scary. Please help me to lean on you, to look at you when I'm feeling this anxiety and this worry and this concern. Help me to shift my attention to you, God. That's when I'm able to, maybe the worry doesn't go completely away, but man, my, my heart is not filled with anxiety as much as it probably could be. Another big thing for me right now, as you see, you're watching this video, this has to some extent caused me some anxiety, this fear that people are going to watch this content and they're going to perceive me in a different way, especially with the episode where I talked about pornography addiction and the impact that that has had on my life. That was terrifying to film you guys because I didn't know who was going to watch that or who was going to be seeing me really burying my soul. I mean, that's scary, right? There's some level of concern. And how do I do that in a way that's going to be encouraging to people and not going to cause them to just judge me? But when I look at God and when I talk with God about that, I really sense this feeling of you are walking in obedience to, to sharing the things that I've called you to share. And God, he's, he's like, I'm going to honor that. And it ultimately doesn't matter what people think of you. Gosh, guys, honestly, like that situation, this filming could cause in me really intense anxiety. But when I realize this is a calling that God has given me to do this, the worry and the anxiety starts to kind of fall away. And I want to just, before we really jump into God's word, I want to make a really big disclaimer. When Jesus says, do not worry, it's not talking about people that have a diagnosed anxiety disorder or major phobias, things of that variety and that intensity. I want you to know if you are experiencing those things, it's so important to go seek psychological help, to get professional help on that journey through um, again, anxiety disorders or phobias, those are not things that we should be addressing alone. So I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about with these passages is this constant obsession and mulling over and focusing on the worries of life rather than focusing on God. So I want to dive in to Matthew. We're going to talk about this section that Jesus talks about, do not worry so let's just go ahead and dive on in. All right, so we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. And the first word, it says, therefore. So the thing that I've learned from this is if you see the word therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is it there for? So it's very important for us to look back actually at the previous verse. We're not going to go through that whole section. Again, when we've done this series, we're looking at 
a lot of the, the primary life and teachings of Jesus, if we were to do every single one, we would be doing this series for years. Uh, I will not do that to you. Um, but I want to look just briefly at the verse right before this. And this is in Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so in this verse, we kind of see that the people have been divided. And it's it's something that we see still today, that there's this division between um, the success and the wealth and the the comfort of this world and God. And Jesus is calling people out saying, hey, you guys have been living divided where your heart is, is trying to seek after both the comfort and the wealth of this world. And you're also saying that you're seeking after God, but you're not able to really do both. Your heart is divided. And then this goes into our therefore. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So before we go any further in this, I want to just briefly look at the Greek words for worry. So this uh, this word that we're looking at here is the word metamnao, which means to be anxious or to be troubled with cares. And I said before that caring about things and having this healthy level of concern is is healthy. That's normal for us to look at the concerns in our lives and try to take steps towards moving forward in health, moving forward towards God. But this idea of being troubled by our cares, by our concern, that's where anxiety and worry comes in. And if you take a look at the root Greek word for this, it's this word maritzo, and it literally means to be divided. Just like how we had talked about this division in our hearts between money and God, it's the same sense of division between our cares and God. And when we live in this division, our hearts really are only capable of looking at one thing at a time. Either our hearts are consumed with this caring of care and burden and anxiety and chaos. If our hearts are looking at these things, we can't also be looking at God. It's in this division where this anxiety and worry comes in. So Jesus goes on. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Right, we see that God is expressing to these people, guys, you have spent your whole lives being consumed being worried about the things that you want in this world. Know that God is going to meet your needs. Again, this is not some sort of prosperity gospel that God is going to give you everything your heart desires. That's not even remotely biblical. But what, what Jesus is saying is God cares for you even more than these birds. How much more is he going to take care of you? We don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be worried if our eyes are on God in trusting that his heart, he loves us. If we can look at that instead of being consumed by the worries in our life, God is going to work things out for his will, for his purpose. Again, that doesn't mean that our lives will be easy. I'll share in future weeks about things that I have walked through personally it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy, but it does mean that we can choose 
to not be consumed by the worries and the chaos of our world. That we can choose to look at God knowing that he cares for us. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. You know, Solomon is a, is a king, right? He had all the riches in the world. And yet everything that he had and wore compared, it paled in comparison to the beauty of nature. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry. He says it again, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so we see this. Jesus is saying, you know, God cares for you. He cares for you and the pagans. But he's, he's saying that there's people that, that their, their desire is again for that money, for that wealth, for that achievement. People like that run after those things. But look, you have this opportunity to look at God. We can't live like this. If we live like this, chasing after comfort and after success and after all those things, we will never be fully satisfied. And it's just going to lead us down a road of anxiety. If you look at people today that are, are really rich, they're not necessarily more happy. You know, you see so many celebrities that go down these roads where they're experiencing intense uh, sadness, addiction. It doesn't make them happy. And what God says is we can be consumed by the risks of this life, by the concerns of this life. But if instead of doing that, we put our eyes on Jesus, on God, knowing that he loves us and he cares for us and he will provide our needs, not necessarily all of our wants, but he will provide for what we need to make it through every single day. If we can turn our eyes towards that, then we don't need to be consumed by the pain and the worries of this life. We don't need to be consumed. Yes, we will continue to care and experience some level of concern over the pain of this life. Yes, but we will not be consumed if our attention is on God. Well, thanks guys for joining me for this episode. I have my good friend, Marianne Krumeyer. She is a um, mom and wife, as well as the uh, coordinator for Gateway Mops and Moms Next. And she's just a phenomenal person. And um, I really just respect her a lot. And um, she has also, like myself, walked through anxiety. And so she's just the first person I thought of that I truly have um, felt like she has really represented and um, really overcome a lot in this walk. So um if you would, um, I just did a little breakdown of Matthew 6, um, just the idea that Jesus really truly desires us to not worry. And so um, I shared a little bit of my experience with it, but I would love to hear what has um, anxiety looked like for you personally? Yeah, thank you for having me, Melissa. Um, I, anxiety's kind of been a part of my life since I was a pretty young kid. Um, and I think I've struggled with pretty crippling anxiety since I was a pretty young kid. Um, but I think we've talked about it before. I didn't really have terminology for it 
or really know um, words for that emotion or that I struggled with it. I think I kind of got labeled as the shy kid, um, you know, and it was mostly social anxiety or anxiety around work and school when I was pretty young. Um, and that as a young adult, I think I kind of started to realize that maybe not everybody struggled with the same things that I did. Um, and then that was greatly amplified when I became a mom and had postpartum anxiety and depression. And then it was like, okay, this is real. <laughs> um, I definitely have a struggle here. So with that, you know, it's something that, you know, you've experienced for a really long time, but have you found something specific that really triggers anxiety for you? Yeah, for sure. So um, a big one for me is just busyness. So having too much on the schedule, um, rushing, noise can be another trigger for me, um, especially with my kids. I'll notice my anxiety level just rising, um, overstimulation, changes or um, transitions can be another big one for me. Um, sleep deprivation <laughs> is one that I definitely noticed as a mom. Um, and then lack of solitude or quiet time. Um, time to kind of process my thoughts and definitely time in God's word, lack of time in God's word. For sure. And I think I resonate with you a lot in those things that like, loudness and like a lack of quiet and like time alone. I'm an extrovert. And so I never thought that I needed that, but now that I don't get any time alone, I realize, Oh, wow. I, I really crave that. And it, it does kind of cause anxiety to kind of spike. Um, yeah. it's yeah, it's interesting. Like with motherhood and I think just adulthood in general, like life kind of just lends to anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. so I guess with that, um, do you feel like anxiety like ever really goes away or is it just something that you've kind of come to expect as part of your life? Yeah. So for me, I don't feel like it ever really completely goes away. Um, I definitely have had seasons where I've had victory over anxiety. Um, however, I doubt it will ever completely not be a part of my life. I think it's kind of like that thorn in my side. Um, but the beautiful thing about it is it's also the thing that causes me to cling to God the most, um, and makes me the most dependent on him. For sure. And I think that's the thing that's really interesting is I think all of us to some extent have walked through anxiety to some extent or another. And I, I think we all have that one thing that we really identify as like, this is the thing that causes me to just need God so much that like, yeah. I can't do it on my own. Um, I think that's what anxiety is that for a lot of people, um, yeah. it feels like kind of impossible to overcome that. And it, to, it is, you know, it's, it's become a, again, a very like normal part of our lives. Um, so with that, I mean, do you, have you found anything that's kind of helped you with reducing your anxiety? Yeah, for sure. So I have, because it's something I've struggled with a lot, pretty heavily since having kids, especially, I do have a lot of things that help. Um, scripture memorization has been a big one for me. And then I also have a scripture flip book. So something where I've written down scriptures that deal with anxiety and fear. And so when I just am 
to the point where it's almost like an anxiety attack. And I can't even think of the words to just pray. I can just flip through and read these scriptures. And that's something that has been huge for me. Um, I've probably used that in the last 10 years. And then scripture memorization has been something I've used more heavily in probably just the last few years that has really, really helped to kind of just reset my brain. Um, breathing exercises is one. Actually, I have one that um, a friend encouraged me to do kind of like deep breaths to a scripture, like as you're saying different parts. Um, limiting my schedule and actually scheduling downtime and quiet time reaching out to my community for prayer has been huge. And just remembering that um, I'm not isolated. I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who struggles. Um, and telling myself that God has given me power over my mind and he is good and he is with me. I love that. I, 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 I think the big thing that really I'm taking away from that is that if you just cling into God's truth, um, even when our hearts and our minds are racing and it just, everything feels chaotic around us and within us, like we can lean into God because he is that stillness. I, I don't know. I, I think that that's really cool that you've made a point to memorize scripture. I think that's something that not a lot of people do anymore, but realizing yeah. like that has been like your lifeline almost. It yeah. sounds like. Um, so with the, are there any verses that have really um, helped you specifically in this journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, a lot <laughs> because I found pretty early on that that was really the only thing that worked and it's not always like an immediate relief. Rarely is it an immediate relief, but, um, a few of my favorites, one that I memorized in full is Psalm 46. Um, God is my refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Um, that one's been huge for me in the last couple of years. Um, the one that I do the breathing exercise to is Zephaniah 317. And I'll actually do with his love, he will calm all my fears. So I breathe in with his love, he will calm and out all my fears. And just kind of repeat that. So it's just a portion of that scripture. Um, the other ones, I just, I don't know if it's okay if I just read off the, um, where they're found. Um, John 16, 33 has been a big one for me. Um, remembering that God is in control and he has overcome. Um, Isaiah 41, 10, that God is with us. Psalm 93, 4, um, remembering God's power. Psalm 91, 4 remembering God's protection, Joshua 1, 9, Isaiah 43, 1 through 3, and Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Awesome. I'll make sure to comment those below so people can, can find Sorry. those. <laughs> no, that's, I love it. Cause I, I think that's the thing is like when, I think when you're in that headspace, it's like, you don't even know where to go. And I love that a lot of it is old Testament scriptures too. Cause I think it's again, common for a lot of people just to want to like just look at the new Testament, but realizing like God was so solid in the old Testament yeah. and like reliable. And I get like a lot of the Psalms and, and like in Isaiah that there's so much uh, goodness and like richness about his character. And I think again, when our, our life is chaotic, being able to lean into who he is, sometimes it's the only thing that stands up around us. So I Absolutely. love it. 
Um, so I guess to kind of close, um, what would you say to the woman that's maybe going through anxiety right now or like a season of anxiety? Um, mm-hmm. I guess like, is that hope of Jesus like available to everyone? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for me, I am an Enneagram nine. I'm going to backtrack just a tiny little bit here. Cause I left this out, um, with a strong six predisposition. So in unhealth, I go pretty heavily to, um, fear just trapping me. Um, and my anxiety is predominantly about safety for my children and those that I love, um, as well as being enough or capable to do what God has called me to do. So as far as hope, there is always hope. Um, and that is found only in Jesus. Um, he is good all the time and does not change. And that's something that I really need to remember. And that's something that helps me a lot when I am feeling um, trapped. And I've definitely been there. Um, he's my constant in different seasons and emotional tides. Even when I don't feel it, um, you know, even when it doesn't seem that he's there, um, he will never leave me and he will never leave you. Um his love surrounds and carries me when I'm too weak to stand. So those are kind of the, some of the big thoughts that I cling to. And like I said, like I have definitely had seasons where I feel very, very trapped, but the only thing to cling to is the fact that Jesus is in control, um, that he's good and that he is with us. Oh, also, I think it's important to note um, community is, is, so, so, so vital. Um, Satan speaks the loudest in isolation and it's easy for us to get trapped in our mind and our thoughts. Um, and there's also power in reaching out for professional help in seasons where you feel trapped. I just wanted to add that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, I think a huge piece that I think, um, a lot of times when you're feeling whether it's depression or anxiety, like it's, it feels very isolating, but to know, like, obviously God cares for us, but you know, the importance of having a support system, again, whether that's like a, um, a doctor or a therapist and most importantly, a, a solid friend group that can kind of walk with us through life. So uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? I think that is the biggest thing, just that God is for you, that he's with you and you may not always feel that way that our emotions and our thoughts can be so deceptive and misleading and that's where we have to just really fix tell our thoughts fix our thoughts on where they need to be um a book that was really key for me and get out of your head by jenny allen um that was really really helpful in just recognizing my thought spirals and being able to stop the spiral before it starts um, so that's the only thing that other thing that I would add, that was really, really key for me. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Marianne, so much for your time and just sharing some of your story. Um, I think the thing that really resonated with everything that you said is that if we put our eyes, put our thoughts on Jesus, on God, that, um, maybe the anxiety may not fully go away, but we are able to now cling to someone that is, is reliable, even when the rest of our lives feels chaotic. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And, um, everyone watching, thank you just for tuning in today and, um, look forward to chatting with you all next week.